Well, hello everyone. It's a Gundam Explained podcast. I'm your host, Adam Blue. It is the nice episode. Um, and also some nice things about it are um, I'm using some new software, so hopefully, um, you know, we're always talking about those technical difficulties, but hopefully this time around, it's all good. But hey, Steven, what's up, man? Hey, cheers. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I see the levels jumping up, so please, people in the chat, there might be a delay. Tell us if you can't hear us, because um, so far, so good, and and we want to use this time to actually talk about Gundam, um, because, uh, yeah, Gundam's been fun. In fact, um, what was it, last last night on uh, Midnight Hatter Live, you were going over like these three tips, or almost like these three good pieces of information to like kind of go by as you're building gumpla or anything yeah you know? yeah that was that was probably the most fun episode that we've had in yep. a long time because not only did we kind of go off the rails a little bit but also i feel like that's just good life advice yeah i mean really uh, there's a lot you could take away from that so if you guys haven't checked uh, checked it out yet in the uh links in the description for steven's uh page every wednesday we have some fun on there um but, hey, you know what? What's a Gundam Explain podcast without everybody? We got Lucas Garrett, Zionic Shadow, Goose, of course, Dark, Samurai Neo. Uh, let's see, who else is in here? Mad Mad Dog Wheaton, good to see you. Um, and then Jedi Sela, always good to see you. And I guess Ian is on a trip, so he's going to be out. So, you know, shout-outs to Ian. He's resident mod, um, as well as yeah, Goose. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, doing some traveling. Um, always a lot of fun. But yeah, um, speaking of traveling, when do you plan to do some traveling? I know sometimes with a baby, that's kind of up in the air, really. I mean, I don't have anything on the uh, the agenda for a long time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, what about yourself? I mean, we got the holidays coming up. That's yeah. a that's a perfect opportunity to uh, shuttle the family around and I was make thinking them about uh, experience that. all the misery that is the road trip <laughs> with the family. <laughs> No, um, yeah, I was thinking about that uh, myself. I do want to travel. Uh, I just don't know where next. And actually, Zionic Shadow is saying New York. That m might be what we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been uh, probably about four to six years since my last New York Comic Con. Um, oh, and I feel sick. overdue for one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I haven't even been to one except for like a San Antonio Comic Con, which I don't think that counts, but... Yeah, it's like if it's not New York or San Diego, I, I, I don't know if it counts. But uh, but yes, uh, I, I do see you in the chat there, Zionic Shadow. I did get that email. That is a robust. Oh, um, yeah. The, the, the it, list of games. It's yeah. basically, I, I, I don't want the audience to think that like, oh, you know, Zionic Shadow sending us private DMs that have, uh, you know, <laughs> invaluable information. Yeah, no, no. These he he had a uh, a comprehensive list of every PlayStation Gundam game to date, and let me tell you, there were some titles on there that I did not recognize. Adam, did did you encounter some of that? Where it was like, yeah, I had no idea that this game existed. Yeah, there's still some, even though I've done research. There's still some I haven't come across, mainly because I've been trying to like play what I can with emulation. But it yep. reminded me when I saw G Savior on there, I was like. I need to get to that. I need to make that video ASAP. Um, yeah, I just can't wait. Um, and then, oh, yeah, Sailor's on a, a trip right now, too. Uh, spent the whole day driving through the Appalachian foothills. 
Oh, wow. That's some cool scenery. Um, and, and so, yeah, for today's show, uh, we're going to talk about some creepy Gundam moments. Uh, you know, I, there was this, uh, from The Last Witch of Mercury, some creepy stuff going on, but then it made me realize that is actually kind of common in Gundam, things being creepy to degrees, and we'll see. I have some comments people have left, but we'll see about that. And then, um, also there's some Patreon, uh, questions that are pretty awesome. That might take up most of the show. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun there's stuff there. Ones. Yeah, so... Yeah, we'll do that. You know, I just want to say a couple other things. The G-Watch Episode 2 is still coming out this month. It just kind of got delayed. I think it's, you know, something we've figured out is trying to cover an entire series is really hard to do. Uh, Even half a series within a month. So what we're going to be doing, we're still going to have a movie night by the end of this month. But we also, and it's going to happen soon, Watch Hathaway because there were some technical issues we couldn't get it to run, so we're gonna do that sometime this month. And so I think the plan for the next G Watch uh, would potentially be Hathaway, since we're gonna be uh, doing that as a movie night. Um, so yeah, more to come on that. And and really, you know, there's a lot of stuff I always like to do, but sometimes I drop the ball in communicating it or the next step. So guys, just reach out anytime. Yeah. Uh, Discord, uh, if you need clarity on, hey, Adam, you said this. <laughs> Where is it? So that kind of helps me um, be on point. Um, yeah, so um, I think that's it for kind of the um, the boring stuff. Let's actually move on. I am going to um, do this cool thing now that i got this new software to see if I can switch. Uh, sorry, there probably was some... Technical difficulties, guys, but we should be back. <laughs> so, yeah, again, I'm using this Wirecast instead of um, this other software from before. Sweet. But anyway. Okay, now that we're back on, we, we should, there's a delay, so, um, but the audio should be back. So, you know, this past week, I, you know, did the reaction, I call it a reaction, a little review of episode six. Um, and then after I took it in, watched it again, and then I started reading things online, I realized there was so much more going on in the show than I thought. And I got to hand it to the Why people out there. Why would you subject yourself to online opinions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got to hand it to people online. Like People are able to come up with some pretty interesting theories, even if they're not true. But it it, it, it seems to hold up. Um, and. And so what, what's very interesting about this latest episode, and, and Stephen, have you watched it? I forgot to confirm with you. Yes, I have. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with you that the collective knowledge of the internet can be a powerful tool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and, and so that was the thing. Like, a lot of times what I do is I'll watch the show, do the reaction, watch it again, and then do some research to see if there's anything neat to talk about it. And this was the first episode that it seemed that way because we're getting to where... There's this possible cloning that is occurring, something about changing someone's face. Um, there's also been something where a part of the Gundam turns into a person. And then I don't know what that's all about. Um, so what some of these theories are pointing to is that the Gundam is full of dead people or dead pilots. And then they clone them. And then when they die, that's like it's like how they get pilot data are you seeing it like that that's definitely think? one strong interpretation 
of of what we've seen so far and it's it's nice because you know i think that the prologue is finally starting to pay off a little bit for us because the prologue almost seemed disconnected from the first four or five episodes so yeah no that's true the prologue was really strong and then even though they were setting up the characters pretty cool with the other episodes it was missing that element and i've kind of got it and i really don't know what to think um (laughs) you know one thing i will say is just seeing the Gundam Ariel fight the Gundam Ferric, that was just top tier Gundam stuff we want to see anyway. Um, right. I mean, that was, we, we've been waiting for that fight, right? Yeah. And, you know, in a sense, it's kind of unfortunate because it's like, you know, you kind of think about the fight between the Darabald and the Ariel Gundam was, was a fight that we anticipated as well because that they were playing that up as a big villain and then it kind of yeah. went down pretty uh, pretty quickly. But, I mean, it's uh, so far, yeah. I think that they're finally finally starting to uh, reward some loyal viewers here. Yeah, I think so. It's getting into that, you know, Gundam territory where the themes are a little more mature. You know, it was kind of fun with the school kids getting to know each other. But uh, now we're dealing with some, like, not only death, but adults really not caring about other people, which is another uh, Gundam thing. Um, let's see. Looks like uh, my and, audio might be, unfortunately, oh robotic. Oh well, um, Adam, I am your father. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, sorry about <laughs> that, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see what's going on with that. But um, yeah, curious though, what you guys think in chat about the, the what's going on if you've watched it. Um, and I wanted to go real quick too. Uh, I, I added, actually, uh, at the community tab, I asked, what is the creepiest plot element in a Gundam story? Any context? Because I, I, meant, I meant that in a way, like, you don't have to explain previous things to lead up to it. Because um, I think a lot of times we might get it. So, Brian Zanicelli, the creepiest plot in the Gundam story is probably Thunderbolt story in the UC timeline because it does show the horrors of war in the UC 0079 one-year war, but it does show the characters in the story having deep depression and having deep sorrow of loss and love one during the process of war. And I think that's on point. In fact, in the thumbnail, I think I got a picture from Thunderbolt of someone in shock because that, that is a creepy one. What do you think? Yeah. Steve, have you watched through Thunderbolt? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, well, and I also have the uh, Thunderbolt mangas, which, you know, are equally as dark, but I'll be honest. Thunderbolt is one of those that I think that the anime, surpasses the manga because for instance you know the scene where daryl is kind of having his flashbacks to his memories of his father and his family um prior to his accident that caused him to lose his limbs you know yeah those are so much more powerful in animation when you hear the music that's going on in the background manga just can't do that very good point. Like music, audio, like for me, music is so strong um, when it comes to things like, yeah, when I first got into Gundam, one of the first things I loved was how the music is so good. Um, and yeah, and it's interesting because I think Thunderbolt even takes that concept of music and makes it its own character more than just themes, you know, because it, it it takes jazz as a genre, and it's not really playing a typical score with the jazz. It's making it like it's this other character. Um, 
done very well yeah. too, by the way. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, Dr. Jim Eagle 2, honestly, I think the missing link plot was kind of creepy. The Pale Rider was terrifying, especially when you find out who's driving the thing. I've been working on a horror-themed Gundam fanfic, actually, so I'm glad to see somebody asking this question. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, is that the one where, yeah, someone's, I guess they kind of died inside of it and their consciousness got fused uh, with it? Yeah, is that the Pale so, Rider? So the the Pale Rider is piloted by Chloe Croce, I think I'm pronouncing that right. That's, ah, you know how it is. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Chloe Croce is a new type whose, you know, personality is kind of tied to the mobile suit. But, you know, it's the same story as the Blue Destiny, essentially. Because oh, that's you have, what I was thinking, yeah. Um, you have the uh, the soul of Marion Welch, yeah. a new type that is tied into the exam system, to the Hades system. Um, and so... I mean, that's a pretty dark timeline. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That stuff is cool because every once in a while I come across that story element. For some reason, a human being infused with a machine for some, like, consciously being infused to where it's almost like they don't know who they are or what they're doing. Like, uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie, I know I didn't watch the anime, but the movie, like, that stood out to me when, like, she's finding, like, the, having her wake up for the first time or whatever and then going through that whole thing and then the dude at the end that they were originally like boyfriend and girlfriend or something. I don't know. I love that whole story, but it's creepy. Yeah. Um, Chili yeah, Legardo any, any sort of transhumanism. I think that there's a, there's a couple of episodes of like cowboy bebop and even some of the old Marvel comics. When you talk about like the body hopping that uh, Charles Xavier did in the nineties, where his oh, consciousness yeah. trans transfers into other beings. Some of that stuff gets real, real spooky. Yeah, so I'm that, glad this, that Gundam has played with it. Yeah, and I like the way they do it too. It almost seems like, by nature, it's kind of a creepy subject because I think it was that Wonder Woman eighty four, where they had it where the the boyfriend was dead of Wonder Woman and he came back, but he had to inhabit someone else's body, which is weird. Um, that is crazy. I, did you ever watch that? I, I haven't seen it yet. You probably don't need to at all. It's. <laughs> I mean, if you're really bored and there's nothing else to watch, but it just the plot just didn't really make much sense. Um, you know, that's I, I feel that way about a lot of uh, about a lot of movies lately. This is like, eh, it's a popcorn flick. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter really. Um, so from Chili Legardo, uh, the Psychoframe's ability to not only hear, feel people's thoughts and emotions, but also those of the recently passed individuals. The thought of me feeling the thoughts of someone as they are dying is terrifying to me. Yeah, so there are moments in Gundam, especially you see where the, a character that could be a new type or cyber new type is in a heightened state, maybe because they're in a battle or about to die. And then that's when it seems like maybe spirits of the recently deceased tend to sort of pop up. And I've never looked into it, but you're saying Psycho Frame. So I'm wondering if it's just any type of psycho resonance, whether that's coming from the brain waves or that's the technology that's supposed to manipulate it, which could co yeah. I'll have to look back whenever that those instances occurred. Um, well, because someone um, someone once told me uh, many years ago that one of the reasons that they believe in the existence of ghosts is because of like the law of conservation of energy, law of conservation of mass, you know, those sort of scientific laws that bind the universe and you know, inform our understanding of things is like, okay, well, if energy can, cannot be created or destroyed, only transformed, 
then what happens to the energy inside of a human body when they cease to exist, when they, when they die, pass away? And so it's interesting to think about that in terms of like towards the end of Zeta Gundam, when you're channeling all of these dead spirits into the final attack on Paptima Shirako, you know, was were the souls of those characters kind of ambient and it was just, you know, the biosensor and Camille's power that tapped into that? Or was there something else going on? There's not really a clear explanation on that, but it's yeah. it's great stuff to kind of yeah. um, speculate about. And it's kind of cool that there's not a clear explanation, even though there are some clear options for that occurring. It has to do with the brain waves, the psycho technology. And I love that. That's another thing when I got into Gundam is how they tackled new types. It's like how George Lucas tackled the Force. He's a lot of Eastern philosophy. And what I think they did with new types is just use the latest in science we have about consciousness. And you talking about the conservation of energy. I mean, if some ideas, you know, hold, the idea is that consciousness itself is a field and that that field is what allows things to exist because they can observe each other. Because only one thing can only exist if another does. So I, I think, yeah, there is something too when someone passes, whatever charge their brain to be aware of the fact that they're living kind of goes back into that ether in a way. And maybe that's where exactly. when people talk about past lives or reincarnation, maybe that's kind of where that comes from. Look, man, if a Gundam falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, then it's Amaro <laughs> Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> no, then... No, then probably Al will just stumble across it, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so some other things from here are Dark Samurai Neo Crux Dogati from Crossbone Gundam. He mostly piloted the EMA 6 El Gorilla and the EMA 10 Divinidad. Sounds like this is some other fiction, but awesome. <laughs> he died in combat, but still, man, he's terrifying. Hmm. You know what? Crossbone is definitely something I want to get into more. I have not heard of this, but holy crap. That's kind of getting into, like, um, what, Rafflesia territory? What was that guy's name? Um, the Mask? Iron Mask? Iron Mask, yeah. The thing's all plugged in. Um, Jupiter Empire. That's kind of that... Uh, the Barbus, you know. Zakus yeah. that are piloted by monkeys. <laughs> yeah, speaking if that doesn't of terrify you, then... <laughs> no, that's good that you brought that up, because speaking of crazy mobile suits out of nowhere, I found one when I was looking up the RX-78-2, and I'll get to that here shortly. Ooh, Remind awesome. me, though, when we get there. Um, okay, so this is some cool new lore. I usually like to drag those links into my research folder, so I'm going to look at that later. Um, okay, back to that. Uh, from BACD1990... I would say that Hallelujah happened as in backstory with Superhuman Research Institute and then his other persona, Hallelujah, waking up, that ends up killing other fugitives when they ran low on resources to keep themselves alive in the shuttle during the escape. That was a good one. And I, I even liked that character because I'm normally not crazy about uh, when characters have two sides except for, was it Lady Un in um, Wing? That was done. Was it Lady Un or was it another? Yep. Yeah, that was done very well. Because she went from like bun haircut to then straight hair, and it was like different, oh yeah. completely different personality. What was interesting about Hallelujah or Hallelujah is that it was, it almost seemed like it was another K 
character in a way, but I liked how later on they were like working together. Um, where they kind of had like the same goal. Um, let's yeah. see. Um, one song. Okay, this is Robert. Hey, Robert. One song killing off two guys at different points in time, sung by the same freaking girl. In other words, the G Witch singing the birthday song. So I wonder if just if it's just coincidence, or do you think the writers are using the birthday it, it, like in parallel to death? Um, is that like an artistic choice or? Because I didn't catch well, that. And if, if we're going to dive into those types of theories about, yeah. you know, the dead becoming part of the Gundam is happy birthday. Ah, are you being reborn as part of this Gundam? Um, you know, even from just watching the prologue, I had the distinct impression that the Lifrith Gundam was sentient, that there was a personality in there. And so it's interesting to me that there's this sort of rhyming refrain of happy birthday and people dying. Maybe they're not necessarily dying. They're just being transformed into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I like it. I like because this is being explored again, but in a very different way than we've seen before. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something. Thing real quick because I saw a couple things. I saw Lucas Garrett um, joined the white base crew. Uh, good, uh, thank you, Lucas Garrett. I mean, <laughs> always posting yeah, here. I really appreciate that. Board. Yeah, and then um, let's see. Robert was making a comment about something. Sorry, Robert didn't happen to see it. Um, and then uh, Zionic Shadow was saying something about narrative because narrative really spoke on that whole topic. Um, let's see. Souls getting trapped in the machines tends to be a a recurring theme in Gundam. Yeah, it more than I thought. Um, because at first it sounds very fantastical, but I guess it happens enough and they explain the science enough where it's pretty interesting. Um, okay, let's see. Um, let me go back to the other one. Uh, Gundam is saying all of victory Gundam is creepy. Hmm. (laughs) Trying to think of anything. Well, the Bikini Death Squad, for sure, is, uh, there's a little creep factor there. There is, I guess there's, right, because he's 13. But, or is it, or is it creepy because really, as a grown man, I enjoy robots and bikini babes fighting. I mean, I don't know. Is that creepy of me? I apologize. (laughs) Juan, uh, Juan Roman. I'd if you didn't. Oh, okay. I like that. No, Ron, uh, Juan Roman, any cyber new type clone stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, anytime that stuff comes up in Gundam, they do a good job of keeping it mature because it, it's kind of the way you got to explore it. Um, well, cool. Uh, let's see. Zionic Shadow is even saying Alleluia is his favorite in Double O. Yeah, Double O did a good job. I, you know what? I'm still trying to watch other Gundam, but sometimes I get an urge to rewatch Double O. I guess it's that good. Um, Okay, cool. So, real quick, um, which one was? Uh, oh yeah, podcast question. So, there's there's a couple walls I'm gonna read here, but it's good stuff. So, thanks, Brandon. I love this stuff because you're really trying to articulate your point, and you're actually using data. So, everyone, sit back, relax. I'm aware that 0083 has its detractors. 
I've heard fans say that Kuraki is an annoying character. Steven's criticism of Nina acting like she doesn't know Gato is a mid-series retcon, is, as a mid-series retcon, is possibly a legit criticism. I actually saw the episodes out of order at first. I just viewed it as once Nina saw it was Gato. She was hiding her feelings and didn't want anyone to know she had romance with a Xeon pilot while aboard a Federation ship. She wanted people on the ship to trust her. Her emotional breakdown was a progressive one. If you look at episode one, she didn't get a good look at who was jumping into the unit one. It's not until episode two where she hears the name Gato. The thing with 0083 is that it's so good and so well animated that it holds up even now against modern anime. The animation episode 6013 of 0083 is as good, if not better, than what is than what was in Hathaway. The only entry that has been better is Unicorn. The series is also a good length too, 13 episodes, not too long, not too short. Some Gundam shows are just too long. I'm glad they're starting to break shows down into season arcs. 50 plus episodes is too many damn episodes to digest. I have a life. I love G Gundam. If the show were just broken down into season arcs, I would love it, but I just don't have time to digest a show like that. So I'm going to break real quick because I, I there's a lot of good points here. Um, Stephen, would you say 0083 still looks better than a lot of modern anime? Um, what I would give to 0083, and, and as someone who loves 90s anime, I love dark colors. I love the yeah. rich contrast that goes on there. Yeah. Um, 0083 and Turn A Gundam are probably my top two favorite illustrated Gundams. But it's comparing apples and oranges, right? Because the mobile suits in Hathaway's Flash and Unicorn are not hand-drawn. Oh, and so... Cool. You know, you have this CGI animation, which I'm sure is easier on the animators. But, you know, I don't know about you, but does it does it kind of seem floaty to you? Like, it, it seems like the, the mobile suits don't have weight. They don't have, like, crunch. Yeah. They kind and of I feel think, like they're made out of paper. Yeah. And I think you would probably understand this, too. I think with the use of CGI, you know, it's it's sometimes it's easy to forget the little details when you just have to set an animation for a model and not think when someone's hand drawing and they're working at the different details and maybe having to worry about the frames and maybe skipping some frames because they're going to heighten a certain few frames of animation, you know, like it and how they're drawing yeah, the it. Idea, I think, yeah. Uh, 3d animation lacks keyframes and keyframes yeah. are very important in 2d animation because that's where you get your like punch, right? Yep is like um it gives with, the weight a lot like of like saying. 2d video games you'll see that they they actually linger on some keyframes like if there's a landing animation if you're like coming down from a long height and you hit the ground they'll linger on a single frame for maybe a couple of frames in order to create that illusion of like a punchiness whereas in 3d you can't do that quite as easily it it, it then ends up kind of just looking like slinky <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, because there's another thing if you realize a lot of uh, hand-drawn animation would do is, and I guess they still do it with on computers, but when they, they draw something for a cell, and the cell itself is moving, not necessarily, yeah. so they're, they're including that along with animation, so it gives a very dynamic built-in feel, it, or and that could do to us growing up with a lot of pen and paper, or pencil and paper and drawing, and kind of getting used to that, but it, it is noticeable when you see cgi it is yeah i i personally and it could be more preference but i personally think 0083 has better animation than um both narrative 
in Hathaway, just in terms of like a single cell might be drawn in more detailed in, in Hathaway or narrative. But when it comes to animation, um, there's a lot of times it looks like they will really skimp on, especially like characters if they're not necessarily fully in the foreground. Um, but I just wonder if the more advanced technology to make things look better makes it harder to have the time to make everything look better. Um, I don't know. Yeah. For sure. I think it has to do with what we're used to at the same time. Okay, so I'm going to continue with Brandon. Oh, yeah, there's something else because he was talking about Unicorn because I think Unicorn, is, the more I'm seeing all these Gundam shows, the more I'm thinking Unicorn is just that good. Like, if if I was into Gundam and then Unicorn came out, that would blow my mind. Um, See, and that's where you and I disagree. Is Oh. I, I think that Unicorn was a massive fumble. Um, for a couple of reasons, and I'm not going to get into those uh, this evening because okay, you that's going to be we, an, we, another video. Then. Yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll do the podcast uh, Stephen versus Adam on on unicorn. On unicorn, yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I think that um, unicorn is definitely one of the measuring sticks that people use when it comes to Gundam, and I think rightfully so because unicorn stands out as a as a it's a staple of the of the franchise for sure yeah and i would say it, it's more that unicorn kind of um grasps the inner wikipedia of me where it's like i need the details of the world whereas it's not like a happy-go-lucky show like you know in in moments no. of original gundam there's more softer scenes that occur throughout whereas i feel like unicorn is not only is it like super serious, but also the way dialogue is delivered. It's like everyone is a poet in um, uh, understanding how a government should run, <laughs> and they express, you know, right. You have thirteen-year-olds that are commanding um, entire infrastructures and bureaucracies. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think uh, that uh, while while that may be the case, there's um, there's a lack of character development in in Gundam Unicorn that bothers me, and then of course you know the issue of um, of CGI animation. But um, but yes, I think that I, I agree with you that in spite of that, using Unicorn as a measuring stick against 0083, which um, Brandon is doing, is a, is a good comparison. You know, yeah. I would I would generally. I would match any Gundam against Gundam Unicorn as like a, hey, you know, hey, but 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 how does it match up to Gundam Unicorn? Uh, yeah, exactly. The Horse Awakens. But, uh, That's actually something Sayla came up with, and I, I love it. I'm gonna use that all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, so to, so one last thing before I continue on, I I like that he mentioned that shows being too long. On one hand, I loved it. I loved every day when I was watching Zeta. I love that every day I had an episode of Zeta to watch. Like that could that show could have went on forever. But like getting to some things like Wing and G Gundam, there's definitely filler. And it's like at this point, it seems like the studio is more respective of that because shows are shorter. Well, and I'll push back on that a little bit because you know the complaint is that oh well, it should have been broken down into multiple smaller seasons. And the truth is, is it was like, you know, 0083 is two seasons because that's where you have the changeover from the winner as the uh, oh, intro yeah, that's music right. yeah. to um, Men of Destiny, oh, right? Is job. that the... No, that is. Yeah, great job yeah, pulling so, that up. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like Double Zeta. Like the seasons are really only about 22 to 25 yeah. episodes. 
right. Zeta has the, a season split. Um, I think the only series that doesn't have a mid-season split is the original series, which is almost 50 episodes. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I, like I said, I would push back on that notion that that other series should be broken up into multiple seasons because I think that they already are, but maybe in our perception of watching them all in one go, it doesn't yeah. feel like it. That's it's true. like binging something on Netflix. It's like, do yeah. you really notice when there's a season change in Netflix <laughs> or do you just watch through the entire you know thing? What? It's funny because I love purposely waiting for the season change to be like, oh, there it is. Oh, this episode's hanging out on cliffhanger. Oh, that guy lost weight. It's a new ep- it's a new season. <laughs> <laughs> <You're Yeah>. Right. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so to continue, I don't think it's possible to get the quality of animation seen in 0083 anymore. It, w- it will actually stand the test of time. Not all Gundam animation and stories have aged as well as 0083 has. I look at it regularly and notice various new things all the time that I didn't see before. And I'll add, yeah, like MS Igloo, which is awesome. They're using technology at that time to do like the best animation, but now that's like the cheapest CGI possible. So that's very yep. interesting. Um the father-son relationship between Delaz and Gato, and Gato's heartbreaking cry, no, when Lady Sima executes him, is powerful. Even though Gato is the antagonist, we see he has real emotions. Lieutenant Burning's death, Ku's hero's journey, Ko starting out as an over-his-head rookie pilot, but manning up in the end, becoming the hero, and yet he still fails. He is rejected by the woman he thought that loved him and is unfairly punished by the military organization he fights for. He learns tough lessons about women's complex emotions and uh, about unfairness and failing despite giving your best efforts. And, you know, one thing I will add when it comes to that relationship between the two, I really think it was all surface level and on purpose. Like, he wasn't interested in Nina like all the other pilots were. He wanted to get in the Gundam. She was a Gundam, uh, you know, engineer. Gundam adjacent, if we were going to use the realtor terms. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Didn't care about... Uh, the pilots, but I think it was a mix of him piloting the Gundam and then knowing that she was so into the Gundam and then him piloting the Gundam and her being into the design of the Gundam kind of made this surface level attraction of each other that I don't think was real beyond the Gundam. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you're not in love with the person. You're just in love with the idea of being in love with a Gundam. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I like how you ended it like that. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, let's see. Also, the Xeon soldiers are um, are religiously fighting for the rights of space noids, but are willing to commit mass genocide to make a point. The Albion crew are just the good people caught in the middle. Also, the idea that the Albion crew fail, but they at least survive. The Xeons win, but they all die. Who really won? Powerful story. Powerful ending. Oh, eighth uh, team also had the potential to be epic like 0083 because it had more memorable humor and a strong s- story like 0083, but not enough epic scale action uh, per episode. Uh, the ending of eighth team felt anticlimactic, but I still like it. And 0080 is just too short, only six eps, and too sad. Not enough action, but I like that series. Thunderbolt has been very interesting. I think Gun and Blue Destiny is an ideal candidate to be the next 0079 side story after Thunderbolt. The plot does sound very 0083-ish, but with some tweaking, it could be something different. So, uh, good, thank you, Brandon. Thank you for going into that, um, but we're not done. So, uh, let me uh, get to Brandon's other wall of texture. 
let me clarify about my views on which I stopped watching after episode three and I've seen clips of episode four and five. I have somewhat watched it, but uh, mind you, the episodes I did see bored me. The mech animation action was well done. The idea of video game gladiator-esque battles, but the context of it all is just corny to me. With which it feels like it's Sunrise attempt to follow a common trend in modern media. I guess it's a smart business move, business move because that's the direction the money is going in these days, I guess. Um, it reminds me of what Marvel and Disney... Now, I'm, I'm curious, this sounds like what he has said before, or am I... Is this... Um, I wonder if... Yeah, I think, Brandon, you have brought this up before uh, about that with, uh, you know, with companies and social stuff. You know, I I try not to talk too much on that because there is no way to determine if any of that is true. Um, yeah. Unless we're to get to, to the writer's room and they had a script and there's notes that say, hey, we need to have a woman here. And it could just be like someone's like, oh, they're going to accept me being able to have a woman because I think wasn't it before they made this show they thought they were going to get rejected by having uh, the female lead and even turn a was supposed to have a female lead and that got yeah. rejected i mean tamino tamino's been trying to have a female lead since 1983 because it you know for better or worse tamino has been trying to cultivate a female audience for gundam for decades yeah. um to suggest that like that's because of some current social movement I don't think that yeah. I don't think that that argument holds water, um, and that's not to say that necessarily a female lead in Gundam is a bad thing, or that it automatically disqualifies that Gundam as being good. I mean, for instance, Code Fairy, the video game, has an oh, entire yeah. female cast, and that's fantastic. Had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, um, I never questioned that. Yeah. So you know, I think that being oversaturated by it in Western media might color someone's interpretation of it. But um, I, I would try to give things the benefit of the doubt before reading into any, whether it's casting choices or whatever the, what, whatever it is that may be that you think is associated with a particular um, social stance tend to give it the benefit of the doubt and let the let the work speak for itself because it will <laughs> you know yeah. if it's a if it's a shallow attempt at like baiting certain types of fans it's going to speak for itself but um that's right i think that's a good way to put it and, and you know one you know one thing uh, that he says that kind of makes it, he says hey if that's what the gundam streets want then fine maybe i'm old-fashioned sexist misogynistic but i like my gundams <laughs> to look masculine and to be honest, yeah, people, you can have an opinion like that. I think it's perfectly fair if, you know, Gundam was a certain way and you kind of still want it that way. I, I get it. It's it's kind of like how, you know, Star Wars had kind of changed and I just didn't like it. Although Andor, oh my God, Andor's so good. I can't Total believe it. Total game changer. Andor is the, the best Disney era Star Wars. It just is. Like, and it's better than most... Uh, auteur movies you know like when you have christopher nolan or a a sort of a director or writer that's about the artistry of it this is beyond it it's crazy crazy uh and then you know just to end um brandon is saying honestly just patiently waiting for hathaway part two and a thunderbolt continuation i'm praying that sunrise will look at the numbers on doan's island and do uh, a remake of 0079 i think that's what the gundam streets really want um you know what i do think it's good to do both 
Um, I think yeah. I have enjoyed Gundam so much. I remember when I was first getting into it, I was like, just UC, just UC. But then yeah. as I went, I was like, hey, the other stuff's pretty cool. Nah, oh. just UC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, uh, and then Ian uh, replied to him, very cool. I did I did not see this earlier. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, saying that he agrees about uh, 0083 being... Um, beautifully a- animated. Uh, but yeah, the money thing, you know, it's uh, it really depends on that. But thanks, Ian, for for that reply. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my reply would be um similar to that of Billy Madison. Is um, uh, I disagree. Double O eighty three is a very good show, but it's not the best show ever made. I think Donkey Kong is the. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, that's good. Um. Okay, so Goose, hey Adam and Steven, based on Adam's last video of Witch for Mercury and Steven's recent purchase, I want you guys to rank the top five Gundam hanger launch decks you can pull from any show or movie, but only use one per show movie. Okay, so what I'm going to do real okay. quick, Steven, Fair. is you if you want to um, uh, show everyone your uh, thing behind you, I'm going to put you on the full screen. Real quick, your uh, you know your hanger deck back oh, there. Yeah. Sick, sick. Oh, Zeta themed. Got to keep it Zeta themed to start for sure. Um. So, how hard was that to build, or was it easy? Uh, honestly, it's pretty much already built, and it oh. it actually comes pre shaded too. I was wondering so- about that. That, that's the moly. best part is I don't have to screw up the paint job myself. It's already pre-painted. Now, that, um, so, that I makes mean, it, it worth it. Basically in chunks, which is cool. And yeah. um, But it's very lightweight. Uh, I, I recommend any of those Mega House 1, 144th scale hangers. Um, I think that there's a seed one. There's yeah. the white base. Um, I feel like there's another one on top of the Argama and the, is it the Archangel or the Dominion? Mm, I I know there's Archangel from Seed, but I don't know Dominion. There you go. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's pretty sweet. I I think that is my favorite hanger too, and and knowing that it's pre shaded, like I think it's worth the price. Then, like totally worth the price. Yeah, I mean it's gorgeous out of the box. Comes with um, comes with some water slide decals that I have not applied yet. I'm not sure that I would necessarily apply, you know, the numbers, but, you know, maybe some of the stripes and little AU logos. I'm down for putting some of that stuff on there. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to have to get me one of those because that's a good way to store Gundam or Gumpla because my shelves are running out. I can just mount that. You know, like I said, my wife was making fun of me saying that I look like a serial killer with like my (laughs) plain white walls behind me. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll decorate the walls. I'll put some stuff up, and I think that this is a good way to display the old, uh, the old hybrid yeah. kits. So yeah, I definitely say that's my favorite. I also like, I think it's called the Ptolemy from Double O. Um, yeah, and, and there's like two variants of that, I think, um, or a variant. But yeah, I, I think that's cool. You know, really anything in UC since I like UC stuff, but also it has that kind of standard starship carrier vibe but for a mech so i'm really down with that oh yeah jedi yeah. say the same ptolemaios or something like that Ptolemaios. i don't know um very greek uh, oh and neon wave is saying dominion is seed 
Okay. Yes, Dominion uh, is C. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I also wanted to quickly shout out uh, someone. Um, where was that chat? It was uh, Joshua Chong. I I just don't know if uh, I've seen you uh, message here before. So thanks for stopping by. Um, no, but yeah, thanks, Goose. You know the. You just remind me, Goose, how much I need to get a hanger deck. And just seeing what Steven has up there, I need to copy him. I, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Ian Hansen. What up, boys? We often talk about who the best pilots are in Gundam as a whole from the series to series. So let's change it up a bit and discuss who the worst pilots might be. Keep gun dabbing. Okay. So, Steven. On the, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> on the count of three, we're going to say who the worst is. Gundam pilot, or just pilot in the Gundam universe, okay? Oh, man, okay. Let's go for it. One, uh, it's not on three, so one, two, three, then, okay? One, two, three, go. All right. Yeah. One, two, three, quests. Reroots. Who? Reroots from uh, Gundam Sentinel. Oh, okay. You're going to have to give some background on that. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I want to hear why quest is so terrible to you <laughs> i'm gonna i'm what? gonna defend quest i'm gonna play devil's advocate and i'm gonna defend quest against you she didn't really understand her goal and she ended up killing her dad and then she started freaking out remember the pressure was getting to her so from the beginning she, she thought she knew what she was doing and she did kill her dad in pretty, immediately <laughs> yeah pretty brutal fashion <laughs> yeah he's just sitting there in the what in the um deck or whatever you call it the yeah, the bridge. bridge and yeah, and then like I, to me that was shocking when that happened. <laughs> Go funnels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that was pretty good, and that gave me PTSD also. Quest. Yeah, yeah, that that shrill. Uh, you know, all all <laughs> credit goes to the American voice actor who who voice acted Quest because man, that um, you know, she's talented for making you despise her just yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. Efficiently. Other than uh, that, like, it's funny because you couldn't say Hathaway is a bad pilot because he piloted that mobile suit like it was nothing. He killed Jan. Yeah. <laughs> um, he one-shotted Jan. That's and he was doing it deliberately, so he did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, um, other than that, yeah, I think that that's it for me, really. Oh, Lucas is saying Cots was pretty bad, too. Yeah, because wasn't he going after Sarah? Like oh was, yeah, no, yeah. no simping, and that's you know the the, the whole <laughs> the whole theme of Hathaway's Flash is guys don't simp. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. By the end, it's like, oh, right. good job, Hathaway. You 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 were skirting there. You, know? you became a terrorist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what happens when when these lonely, angry white boys don't get a woman. They become a terrorist. The, the simp to terrorist pipeline is is far too efficient. We need to we need to split this up. Yeah. No, sorry. Um, but yeah, no. I say Ryu Roots because he is the protagonist of Gundam Sentinel. Um, he is an absolute garbage pilot, and in fact, on several occasions, the AI that controls the S Gundam, the superior Gundam, takes over on his behalf and controls the Gundam without him piloting it. Um, in fact, there's a there's a point in the in the visual novel where he pees his pants at the helm of the Gundam, oh, wow. which is like, so he's <laughs> deliberately made that way, or he's deliberately oh, no. that character's deliberate. Okay, because that, that's actually reminding me of uh, what's his name, Jonah 
Basta? Basta? From Narrative? Basta. Yeah. Where he wasn't really a new type, but they were like forcing it on him and like trying to get in. Not to his. I don't think he wanted to do all that stuff anyway. So it's not no. really to his detriment that he's a bad pilot. He just didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, um, okay. So that was a good one. That was a good one. Th- thanks, Ian. All yeah. right, Sway. Hi, GE. Let's do some mobile suit genealogy. What are all the mobile suits that descended from the RX-78? Include include Gundams and Grunts from EFF Titans and AU. Okay, so, um, yeah, Steven, we're going to name every mobile suit that came from the RX-78, too. Okay, ready? On the count of three. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) No, that's why I actually pulled this up. Um, The Wikipedia page. Or uh, Gundam. Yeah, the fandom uh, page. So we have developed into, and and there's a whole line, and I think it's safe to say anything that is a GM is technically part of that lineage. Pretty much, yeah, I would say for the most part. I would argue that the, say, like the Mark II line and, you know, later versions of the Gundam, even though they are called Gundams, I would not necessarily put them in that same development tree mm. if that makes oh, sense with the mark ii you're saying yeah like with the mark ii the mark three um you know the g well no the gp series i would hand it to the rx78 because those are technically rx78s um but you know the gundam fourth the gundam fifth the mud rock the gundam seventh those are all dis like would you say the direct Tristan descendants also? of the uh, of the RX seventy eight, but the RX one seventy eight, the the Mark two, is not necessarily a descendant of the RX seventy eight line. It's almost like a whole new mobile suit where it's yeah, it's, it's a test bed for all the new right. um, movable frame, all the new materials that they're working with. You know, the magnetic coating is it the yeah. magnetic coating? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the panoramic co- cockpit they introduced with the Alex. Which huh. the Alex actually is part of the RX seventy eight line. Yeah. So. Okay, so then that's pretty good, and so so maybe that's what Sway was uh, alluding to because he does have some Gundam knowledge. So maybe yeah, it was just this yeah. core group of RX seventy eights. Yeah, that uh, include the Alex the GPO series, even that new one, right? The um, Engage. Uh, yep. That that would be one, huh? Okay, so something else I found when I was looking here. Have you heard of For the Barrel? For the Barrel, no. Because there's this guy named Gunboy Wilbur. (laughs) Gunboy Wilbur, okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it doesn't look like a Gundam. frame, that's what I was thinking of. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's this Gunboy Wilbur, uh, I don't know it, um, let's see... Does it say it's just Earth Federation? Um, it, it's a prototype humanoid weapon developed by the Earth Federation forces. Its limbs are designed in the shape of Elon's pedulum, with an emphasis on mobility even in outer space. The Gunboy Wilbur's head is movable, and the chest protrudes from the back. The Gunboy Wilbur primarily moves in outer space with two main nozzles. The reactor is housed inside the back overhanging behind it and is directly connected to each of the main nozzles. When walking on surfaces, the toes transform and touch the ground. Both hands are four-fingered manipulators. Um, so Gunboy, I think, is reference to what the original name of the Gundam was going to be. Um, <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's it's just weird that this is on the main RX-78-2 wiki page. 
This has yeah. Origin, Evolve, G40, G-Doc. Those make sense, but for the barrel, that's new to me. That is new. No, that's that's uh fascinating. Yeah, I <laughs> might have to dig into that more later. But um, something else. Um, uh, oh, uh, Robert saying something about a last comment. What about Patrick C from Double O? He declared he was an ace, but he kept getting shot down by his foes. Was that the <laughs> bad guy that turns good? Is that? I'm thinking, I forget the guy's name. Yeah. I don't remember Patrick C. In Double O. No? Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, Mad Dog, I agree with you. Rio Roots is just a jobber who got handed a Gundam. Wow, you guys <laughs> know all this all this stuff. I got to keep up. Hey, but something really cool, you know, uh, yeah, the GBO2. So, hey, if anyone's just going to be chilling at home during Thanksgiving week, let me know, because I want to get a time where we all just play some GBO2. I, I really want to do that, and Evolution. Um, but here's what's yeah, that'd be sick. Um, GBO2 has the GM Sniper, they call it SP3. And the thing I saw in chat, I think Rogue and some others were talking about how it's like an advanced of Zeta suit, so I pulled that up. N now, this looks sick. This is like that, um, you know... RX-178, Quell, GM, but Sniper, I've never seen this before. Um, I guess I haven't looked at all of the Advanced of Zeta suits, but this GM Sniper 3, and GM Cannon, um, man, this stuff looks sick. I mean, I would almost say, Stephen, that a future custom project would be, if, if they don't have one, or one that looks like this, yeah, to make one of these GM Sniper 3s. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a combo of basically a Sniper 2 head on top of a GM Quell. So it's like a Titans yeah. GM Sniper. Yeah, I think that's a kind of easy way to go about it. Um, huh. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Man, I, that that art looks so sick. Oh, the... Look, uh, you know I hate the I, Titans, but man, that, that, that purple, navy, and yellow yeah. uh, paint scheme is... And you're working on like, one right now, right? The uh, Hyzak? Yeah, yeah, still got the Hyzak in the hopper for sure. Um, yeah. uh, I'm sure you'll see me dangling it from the Argama deck here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Well, um, cool. So you know what? Um, that did it for most of what we were going to, to talk about today. Um, thanks for everyone that was in the chat. Um, oh, Jedi Sailor, purple and gold, the colors of emperors. Good point. I have read that before, and I didn't really think about that with I what we're seeing. I thought that emperors were always naked. Was the that's right? <laughs> yeah, the emperors was it uh, new clothes? Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see. Everyone hates the Titans. Even Titans hate the Titans. Yeah, the Titans were an that's excellent true. bad guy that they created because they have the sickest suits and they're fun to fight. Yeah, that would that would be a good game sometime if they just made a game where you're just fighting those. Advance of Zeta suits all the time. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. Um, oh, Goose is saying that Patrick is the first guy that uh, got shot down in Double O. Man, I don't. I don't remember. I guess I got to watch it again. I was gonna um, say that. That explains why you didn't remember. Yeah. Oh, and then Lucas Garrett is saying correct. The line ended with the Gundam development project. The new line came about with the 178 line. So, 
Lucas Garrett, I am so glad you said that because I am actually doing research right now for a video about the Gundam development project, and you helped give me some more context. So, yeah, so did you hear that? Um, so the Gov Gundam development project was the idea because of Xeon Remnants, let's make all of these new badass mobile suits, kind of separate from Titans, although it ended up becoming a, a Titan thing eventually. But yeah. but, yeah, so that kind of makes some sense there. Um, yeah, I guess Operation V was so well-received because of the Gundam that they're like, yeah, let's just do a Gundam uh, development project. Um which, I mean, mm -hmm. if we're going to talk about the most terrifying thing in Gundam, the creepiest thing in Gundam, can we talk about the fact that the first time you see Kai in the entire series, oh, he knows Sayla's name without ever talking to her? Oh, I didn't. I was just thinking he was just creepy in general, but that... <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bit of a creeper. But yeah. Now, yeah, the first his first interaction, the first lines that he has on the show is Sayla dogging him about not helping people and he goes, "Your name's Sayla, right?" And it's like, hmm. "How do you know who this woman's name is? She's a Federation nope. pilot. You're from side 7. What's going on here?" It's like, w "Was Kai the original new type?" Maybe. That's funny cuz in I think in origin she's like a nurse on that colony. Yeah. Isn't it? But in the original they had to have just written that just to introduce the character of Sela. But if you were to really then give a backstory to that, if you had to give a real backstory, how did the guy know? That's pretty good. Let's yeah. do some fan fiction on Kai. <laughs> um but cool, but anyone uh, everyone, thank you for joining. Had so much fun today. Sorry about the technical difficulties at the beginning. That's probably going to be maybe finally done for in the future now that I got the software up and running. Um, yeah, as always, you know, check the links in the description for all the crazy stuff. You can support the channel for some crazy things. Um, there also Steven's channel in the description. We do uh, live streams on Wednesdays. They're really fun. They kind of prep us for the show today. Um, yeah, yeah anything else? The, uh, Patreon because we oh, yeah. pretty much chat like daily. Um, I yeah. think that that's probably something that we don't talk about enough is that like, that's true. We're pretty much on there voice chatting every day. <laughs> yeah. And the people that are in that, they teach me so much about Gundam. It's like, you can throw in a question and someone's going to have an answer you've never heard of. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, oh, Lucas is saying some, you're welcome. Adam, let me know if you need any help with the Gundam development project research, how that was covered up by the Titans still intrigues me. Now that I didn't know either. So thank you. I will reach out to you. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, um, Steven, anything else? I think you covered it. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you. Um, have a good weekend, and we will talk to you next time. Peace out. Cheers.